Hello and welcome to Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. This is season two of the podcast. So we've had some amazing episodes so far. Please check out the rest of the season two podcast. Today we're in for a treat. You've got Hassan Kubal, who is a, a author, entrepreneur, TEDx speaker. He, you just got, you say you went to number one in Amazon. Yeah. That is amazing. So yeah, today we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. His book is called The Unfair Advantage. So we're going to deep dive into the unfair advantage. What is the unfair advantage? Why there is an unfair advantage? And how anyone out, out there can essentially uh, make use of this book. It's a step-by-step guide to essentially how and um, yeah, how you can... Um, get around unfair advantage. So thank you for joining us today. Um, Hassan, tell us, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself. So what, or let's go why, why the unfair advantage? Hey Neil, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, the unfair advantage is this concept that Ash Ali, my co-author and I worked on together when we started investing in tech startups uh, in the early stages. Yeah. We'd see all these founders come in and um, we think, you know what, that's, they're not working on the right area, they're not working on the t- right type of startup. They kind of don't know what they're in for. This is, this is gonna be a tough battle for some of them and some of them we feel like, okay, they're gonna do well. Like yeah. we kind of feel like, and we kind of think, how do we, what do we name that? And we thought, we can call that the unfair advantage. They have, they have an unfair advantage. It's like a competitive edge. Yeah. Um, it's not unfair in the sense of anything unethical or illegal. It just means that they've got some kind of head start in life in some yeah. area whether that be that they're particularly talented at coding, right? They're really good at technology. Whether that be that they're really good at business development and meeting new people. Or whether it just be that they have access to money to fund themselves and they don't have to worry about their own salary. Or they're in the right location. The timing for their startup is really good. So it could be all these sorts of areas. Okay, cool. And we're gonna go into, you've got um, an actual system that you've you've developed. And we're gonna go into that more into the rest of the podcast. But first of all, just tell us about your entrepreneurial journey, where you started from, and what brings you to be an an author and a TEDx speaker. Yeah, so I never ever thought, if you told me when I was younger that I'd be speaking at TEDx or publishing my own book or becoming a best-selling author this is all new this all happened in the last week right so it came out in uh, January 2020 so whenever you're listening to this um, it it should be available basically it's uh, I would never have believed you if you told me that when I was young and it's a case of working on like the, the journey for me has been trying to figure out what I want to do. I never yeah. knew what I wanted to do in life. Yeah. I thought I was going to yeah. become a doctor. That's yeah. a typical path for yeah. an immigrant kind of from that traditional background. Um, and I think uh, it was a case of finding it slowly. So I dropped out of biomedical sciences uh, like six months into the course. Um, I start, wanted to learn more about the world. So I thought I'll do economics. Um, but then the typical path after that is to work in the city. And I just didn't like the idea of working 72 hour shifts at an investment bank and I was yeah. like no this isn't for me so um, luckily I came across an online course yeah and it was all about how to have freedom fun and adventure and it was this idea of like leveraging um, people working abroad automating your systems using software using outsourced workers developing a team that are remote and those kinds of ideas that are in like Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week, to have that freedom so I went for it. I took the plunge. It was a big risk for me. It was a lot of money. But um, after two years of really hard work, nothing comes easy. I, I got there. I was able to travel around Southeast Asia. Uh, I was getting money coming in every month 
from my clients. Um, yeah. It was a marketing agency which okay. I set up, and um, it was amazing. So then I met Ash in London. He had just had the IPO of Just Eat, where yeah. he was the first marketing director. He had shares. He did really well out of that. So he was investing. We became friends, and he was investing in startups. And because I had free time, I would go into his office and uh, sit there with him and become his investment partner. And uh, from there, we developed this idea of the unfair advantage, and um, kind of had this idea. Based, on, it was actually based on a tech startup we were going to start. Um, we called it Solid Startup, and we were like, can we filter out different startups based on their pitch deck alone, based on the founders, based on? And we realized it's mostly about the founders, mostly about the team. And that's when we realized you have to talk about the individual. Yeah. So this concept of competitive advantages exists in businesses. But when it's very early days, what is it? It's mostly about the team. They usually yeah. don't have a product. So they're usually pre-revenue. Yeah. So it's usually about you, the founder. Let's say yeah. you want to start a, found, uh, a startup. It's about you. So yeah, that's what the Miles framework that we developed is all about. That's what okay. the unfair advantage is about. And my own journey was about, when I look back on it, it's all about leveraging unfair advantages as well. Yeah. So we're going to the Miles framework uh, later on in the podcast. So that's interesting about personality, different personality types. So do you think there is um, a, a, an entrepreneur personality type? Yeah, I think... Yes and no. I think there is a lot of natural-born sort of uh, inclination. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to... It's not going to... Usually, it's not going to be the thing that tells you you're definitely cut out for it or you're definitely yeah. not yeah. it's more of a grey area so I would consider in the book I called myself an unnatural entrepreneur Okay. because I wasn't the, that kid like Gary Vee you know selling baseball cards and hustling yeah. and buying things and selling things that wasn't me when I was a kid yeah. Ash my co-author he was a bit like that yeah. actually he was he was hustling and doing selling uh, encyclopedia CDs yeah. when he was young so um, but I think it's, that's a good, great point you make so yeah. it's about a teamwork so essentially I think of it like even think of it like a, a football team. So you, you might be a really good striker, and that would be, you might have different personality types to a defender, a physical type. Or in your book, we talk about basketball players, which might be a better example. And this, so if you have, so I was grew up in the kind of the late '90s where Michael Jordan was a basketball player. And you had like Muggsy Bowes. Do you remember him? He was like really, really short. He was tiny. And then you had like Shaq O'Neal, who was like a giant. So it's like, how can this kind of uh, Muggsy Bose was quite like, nippy and quite short. How can he almost compete against this kind of uh, Shaq and Neil? And so yeah, so essentially yeah, so different personality. But I, in, in the terms of entrepreneurship, I think of it. So you might have someone who's um, outgoing, who's very you know quite a big personality, or also someone who's maybe more detailed, someone who's good with the systems, good with kind of technology, who's who, and them two working together might complement each other. But you're the you're the expert here. You're um, how how do you think kind of different people play uh, together as as a team? What what do you see working and what do you see don't? If you you, also, you must have come across lots of kind of different startup businesses. Yeah, um, yeah. You you've hit on a very very important point, which is that we're fed this weird myth that you have to be good at everything. Yeah. If you watch The Apprentice. Yeah. Every episode, they do a different skill set and they see if they're any good at it. So one week, they're at the market stalls trying to sell things. Another week, they're trying to develop an advert. Another week, they're trying to strike some kind of deal or buy stuff at a good negotiation. And it's like, that's not true. Can you imagine Mark Zuckerberg trying to sell things in a market store? Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine Bill Gates doing stuff like that? It doesn't. You don't need to be this super well-rounded individual. You can have 
really strong strengths and yeah. really weak weaknesses. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, so we do talk about uh, personality. Yeah. So first of all, in the book, what we discuss is you have to start with your why. And Neil, you know this, you even start your podcast with why. It's very important. Um, why do you want to do it? What's your motivation? What's your driver? What kind of lifestyle do you want? What kind of impact on the world do you want to have? All these kinds of things. Who, what kind of clients do you want to deal with? Do you want to deal with clients or do you want to do a product and, st- you know, yeah. all these things to think about in terms of your why. Next, you could think about your personality. And we do think, like, it is useful to do some personality tests. There are some um, Myers-Briggs, some people like. There's some really I good ones online. So yeah, do you like that one? <laughs> it's actually coming from Jungian psychology to be, like, super yeah. nerdy. But, uh, yeah, so go on. Yeah, there's some, like, really cool free tools to do that, yeah. these tests online. Um, and uh, But you know what? It's not even so much about the test results. It's about, like, reflecting on it yourself. Yeah. And getting feedback from people you've worked with or people yeah. you've lived with or people, you know, who are your best friends. And for them to tell you what are you like, what are your strengths and weaknesses, yeah. even just as a personality, not necessarily skill. So um, that's yeah. Yeah, I was to just pick pick up on that. There was a really good book called What Colors Your Parachute, and I I got made redundant uh, maybe four years ago now. And it I read this book, and it gives you it breaks it down kind of essentially what your strengths are, what your where there's the demand, what um, what your weaknesses are, and essentially it kind of gives you a picture of where you should be kind of heading towards. Nice. And it kind of that was quite a mindset change for me with that, but. So what actually is success there? What, what, what classes you as success? We all talk about this kind of entrepreneur success, but I think for me it's, it's, it's quite different. And I guess this, this podcast called Millennial Money Mindset, and for us millennials, we're almost, purpose might be more important than us in getting lots of money. We have this kind of image where money is everything, where actually for a lot of people it's more about having a lifestyle, having a, a lifestyle business compared to exactly. you know, being kind of, you know, the, having crazy amounts of money mm. but what, what is success for you yeah you know what the book is it's called the unfair advantage how you already have what it takes to succeed ah, okay there you go so at first i wasn't i wasn't too bought into this uh, subtitle yeah i was like mm, i'm not sure is that what we're saying in the book one of the things that we wanted to do in the book is to kind of bust the myth that anyone can be anything yeah it's kind of self-development, motivational speaker type nonsense, yeah. which is that if you just work hard enough, you could be anything. Yeah. And look, that, there's value in that mindset. Don't get me wrong. I, I used to love that kind of stuff when I was younger. But, but reality is, can we become professional basketball players now if we worked hard enough? Can we work for the, you know, if we just believed enough and worked hard enough, can we become, um, you know, work, become football players? No, there's, it's very clearly not the case in sports when there's physical realities, but it's the case in business as well. And that's where the example of the basketball player comes in. But we say a very, very simple, clear way to understand what an unfair advantage is, is to see tall basketball players, height in basketball. If you have, if you're tall, then then you've got an unfair advantage over somebody who's short. Yeah. No matter how hard somebody works, it's still going to be there. You can sometimes overcome it. Sometimes you do have short NBA players, yeah. professionals, but it's just less likely, right? So, going back to this subtitle of "You already have what it takes to succeed." Everybody needs to define success for themselves. You have to realize what is your why. What do you want out of it? I didn't want to get a job in the city because I didn't want to be working all the time. I wanted some freedom. I my goal wasn't to build the largest marketing agency. Actually, I wanted it to stay boutique. Yeah. You can learn from the Basecamp founders. They have some really good books, one called Remote, one called we, um, Rework, and the latest one being, it doesn't have to be crazy at work. They have a really successful project management 
app software. It's called Basecamp. But they deliberately don't want to grow it. They've never taken on an investment. They've never wanted, because they want a certain lifestyle for themselves. We talk about them in the book. You don't have to be the Facebook and Google and Uber. So success needs to be defined for yourself. And it needs to be defined with this in mind of what your strengths and unfair advantages are. So unfair advantages are circumstantial. So your strengths are internal and your skills and your personality those are all internal things but your unfair advantages can be external things as well yeah. it could be that you've got a really well connected uncle yeah. who could open up some doors for you it could be your dad could get you an internship when you're young into a, a career that you very hard to get into yeah. it could be that you want to be a doctor with you and your parents are doctors yeah. that helps and you see that happening a lot it really helps there's a lot of things you could pick up so these are the kinds of things that we talk about in terms of unfair advantages but so when you're looking at success for yourself don't let we we talk about this a lot in the book don't let yourself to be limited probably what you think you can achieve you could achieve a lot more yeah but also don't go too far with it don't think i'm going to be win a nobel prize um when you've got nothing that you're working on that could possibly lead you down that route yeah so it's what we call it so so one way we we break it down is in the mindset chapter yeah and we talk about how there's a brilliant book about mindset by Carol, Dr. Carol Dweck. Yes, it comes in my book, Millennial Money Mindset. Uh, if you want the free, you need the root. That actually is a, a I use that as a kind nice. of base as well. We're essentially, growth mindset compared to fixed mindset. Nice. And growth mindset is so much more powerful than fixed mindset. Yeah. And some people are on that level where yeah. they're just uh, fixed mindset and they need to hear that. They need to hear that you, you know you can get better. She uses the, the small three letter magic word yet. Yeah. Growth is about being saying, I you know I don't know how to start my own company yet. I'm not an entrepreneur yet. I'm not a millionaire yet. That's possible. Yeah. Anyone could kind of achieve those as things hopefully, but but there is a limit. Yeah. And so we call it the reality growth mindset. And we're like you know there's a limit, but we're not trying to limit people or to be disempowering. No, yeah. just just a case of trying to have the right strategies, trying to set the right goals. Yeah. We can't all become Warren Buffetts, yeah. Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey's. It's, it's a case of like understanding what your own strengths and personalities are. Yeah, there's also the system and where you are at the moment. So if you are looking for funding, then the statistics are crazy on kind of more money goes to typically white male people. And that's kind of crazy and it's, it should change. And it's essentially how do you go about changing yeah, that? Yeah, it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing because then you you know you come like up against this idea of merit yeah. and who merits it and you know what you don't you need to be blind to color and race and gender and all this kind of stuff it's a very tough issue but the thing is there's a thing that's in the human brains which is called pattern recognition yeah and when people look and sound like mark zuckerberg yeah. when they've dropped out of harvard or cambridge or uh, mit or whatever it's stanford and they're nerdy and they're yeah. awkward and they're wearing a hoodie yeah. some reason they're more likely to raise funding yeah. than if they're going to be um, an older for example black woman yeah just as an example like it's just it's just fighting against that kind of it's an uphill battle and yeah. it's an unfair advantage to fit into the pattern recognition yeah but what we like to talk about in the book is it's not just about race or gender there's a lot of other factors that come into it when it comes to status and how you come across yeah so now we're jumping ahead to the so the way that we break down um, unfair advantages so yeah, let's go through the uh, the strategy then it's the um, yeah yeah the the miles framework the miles formula so it's an acronym miles is an acronym and it stands for money intelligence and insight location and luck which is all about right place right time education and expertise and status 
So if you take those, that's M-I-L-E-S. And um, that's the Mars framework. And so basically, those are the big categories yeah. of unfair advantages that you can have. And um, status, the last one, is actually a very important one. So break down status then. What yeah. do you mean by that? So status is how you're perceived, how you come across. Okay. So if you are a Harvard dropout yeah. or a Cambridge dropout, you have higher status. When you have an article written about you later yeah. down the line, yeah. they're going to say Cambridge dropout yeah. started his own company. Yeah. And the reason, you'll notice that in articles in media because it's they want to give the status factors. People want to say, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. He's super smart, he's from Cambridge. So there's something about that. Or they have ex-Googler or yeah. ex-Facebook. This found kind of halo something. effect where just because you've exactly. been to a prestigious university that you're somehow cleverer than everyone else. Yeah. So, um, but it's, it, it, it can apply to so many different things. They say that and there's been reports, especially here in Britain, class is a huge thing. Class. Socioeconomic background, yeah, massive, class. Yeah. It's your accent, it's yeah. how you dress, it's yeah. how you come across. Yeah. There's so many, especially in the city. You know, in the city, there have been studies about how if you wear brown shoes. Yeah, I heard this. I'm actually wearing brown shoes today. I, I wouldn't be allowed <laughs> in the city, would yeah. If you wear brown shoes to an interview, you're like dramatically less likely to get a job. Yeah. If you have your tie tied in the wrong way, yeah. you know, the footballer's not. Imagine yeah. if you have a big fat tie knot and you try and go for an interview in the city. And these aren't merit factors, these don't show merit, but there's something about polish, about yeah. class, about how you come across. There's also something about culture fit. Yeah. How, um, there's this really interesting concept of like, companies hire based on culture fit. Yeah. One of the things that they look at is, oh, will he get along? Will he or she get along with everyone here? Yeah. And if it's a very laddish bro culture, yeah. it might be less likely to accept a woman. This, this is more difficult. Right. This is crazy. This is just, uh, yeah. It's, it's, but it's human behavior. Well, yeah, it's human psychology. It's, yeah, okay. And it's unconscious some of the time. Some of the time, unfortunately, it's conscious. But a lot of the time, it's unconscious. People don't realize they're doing it. I'm sure we all do it. We all have unconscious biases. Not making excuses for this bad practice. I'm just saying. There's a really good video. Um, it's a cartoon by Pixar. I just, it just came yeah, to my head. I yeah. don't know if you've seen it, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it kind of illustrates this very laddish culture. And then it's, um, I think she's like Susie, um, war, she's a bull of a ball of wool, which sounds bizarre, but yeah, watch the video, just Google it. And it, she basically comes in and it's uh, yeah, creating something better than what was before because you have this kind of, I, I used to work on the trading floor. Um, so I worked for seven years. I, trading commodity and it was very much there was in the early days of it was quite kind of laddie and there was but yeah it's it, it's these are very outdated kind of models now it's it, because it's i think women traders come in and they were you know they it's all about gender balance and it improves because you've got kind of a better uh, you know more different parts that can add value to the to the overall business. But coming back to one of the reasons why I started my business is because it almost it doesn't matter if who who you are because it's at the at the end of the day it's your whoever sells from you. It's, you, you don't have to go to a, a job interview. You build a good product that people want. It doesn't matter if yeah yeah if that, does that make sense? Yeah yeah. So entrepreneurship has, uh, compared to some other industries, can be a, a lot more meritocratic. Yeah. But but there's this myth that it's completely meritocratic. It's purely based on how hard you work and how clever you are. And and no, it's not. Of course, it's human beings are human beings, yeah. right? And then you, if you want to raise funding, 
that's, that's also it's a bit like being hired or somebody choosing you they're gonna have a lot of biases about how you come across yeah. we have an amazing case that we have the book is full of case studies one of them is the founders of Canva okay. Canva is that online it's a great product yeah really good product I love Canva and the founder of Canva is a woman. Yeah. Uh, one of the co-founders. Her name is Melanie Perkins. Yeah. She's based in uh, Australia. And her journey is, is, this is actually towards the end of the book, we have her case study because her story is brilliant. It encapsulates all these different unfair advantages and, and a lot of the things or disadvantages that she had to overcome. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Um, but one of the things I really wanted to touch on, so status is how you come across. So it's all these different areas. It's all these different things, but it's also about um, your inner status, okay. your confidence, yeah. well, the, the stories you tell yourself. Yeah, um, that's so important because that really affects how you come across. So a big factor of getting a job or getting funding is your confidence. Yeah, and that can come from having some kind of background, but it can also come internally, just from you raising your self-esteem, becoming, working on yourself yeah. to become somebody that can come across with confidence. We learn those social skills. I, I'm, I'm naturally an introvert. Yeah. I had to push myself to learn those business, sales, networking skills. Yeah. It wasn't easy. Um, and uh, it can often help. It can often help a lot. Uh, and also, you can also partner up with someone. The founder of WhatsApp was a guy called Yan Kuhn. He was a yeah. developer. And he's a nerdy guy. Yeah. So he had with him as a co-founder, Brian Acton. Yeah who was able to raise the funding. Yeah. He wasn't that good at networking and finding the angel investors early on to yeah. fund WhatsApp. Um, so it's- well, Today it's, it's even, you've got so many good um, outsourcing, um, outsourcing tools you can use. So even if you aren't very good at say building a website, you can essentially outsource exactly. like, get some ex expertise back into it too. Um, that, was, that was my whole business basically. Yeah. <laughs> that was my whole business. Yeah. yeah, so one of the things that I really wanted to get to yeah. is that Unfair advantages are double-edged swords. Yeah. Just because you come from, let's say, a minority ethnic background, yeah. or let's say you come from a poorer background and yeah. you have a more of a regional accent, let's yeah. say, or you don't fit that mold of the typical, whatever you want to achieve, right? Yeah. You don't fit the mold. There are some advantages that can come from it. Yeah. I'm not saying it balances it out and makes it all equal in the end. I'm saying that there are things that you can use to your advantage. For example, we like to use the example of Sarah Blakely. She's the founder of Spanx. Yes, she, I follow her on social media. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Yeah, so she, it's really interesting because it's her idea for a business was to create this figure hugging, creates a nice um, silhouette yeah. for women. Um, they'd wear it under their clothes and it'll look great. Now, as a woman who used to wear tights in the Florida heat for her job, she used to be a door-to-door -door fax saleswoman. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, that's how she had her insight. She was like, this is hot. Now, as a woman, she had that insight because she's a woman. A man probably wouldn't have come up with Spanx. Exactly, yeah. So her, her status as a woman helped her to have an insight. So uh, the way I see entrepreneurship is essentially about solving problems profitably. So how do you understand that being a, a male? How do you understand the, the problem of wearing you know, tights if you don't have that experience exactly. day to day? Yeah, so that's that you can find, so ultimately the reason we say um, uh, how you already have what it takes to succeed is because no matter how much of an underdog you think you are, there are some things that you can, that might seem like disadvantages that you can turn into your advantage. Yeah. So here's money, very simple example. If you grow up poor, 
yeah. and you don't have much money starting out a business, that can come to your advantage in the sense that, first of all, it can give you fire in your belly yeah. to succeed. That can drive you and take you very far. A lot of successful entrepreneurs come from poor backgrounds. I wouldn't say most of them do. Yeah. That would be wrong to say. It's probably not the case that most of them do. Most of them actually come from wealthy backgrounds whose yeah. families are entrepreneurs and can fund them. But there are a lot of successful founders and maybe some of the most successful ones come from poorer backgrounds because they have a lot of fire in their yeah. belly. Secondly, it makes them more creative. Sure. Right? You think outside the box. You don't think I'm just going to spend money on Facebook ads and uh, Google ads. Yeah. You think, okay, how can I do this? How can I grow like this? My, co my co-author, Ash Ali, grew up really poor. I grew up poor myself. I was on free school meals and all that. I came here from Baghdad when I was yeah. three years old. I was born in Baghdad. I have that as well, but Ash has got an even more extreme background in the sense that um, he was come from a very poor working class family in Birmingham. Yeah. And he had the big IPO with Just Eat back mm. in 2014. And he's done very well for himself. And part of it is his creativity. Yeah. And by having less money, it makes you more creative. Necessity is the mother of invention. There you go. Right? So it's, it's, this is what we mean by double-edged sword. And if you go through the, uh, the Miles framework and all the different types of unfair advantages, there's pretty much every, virtually every unfair advantage can be a disadvantage. And every disadvantage can also be an advantage. Yeah. Just based on your mindset and based on how, what you can do with that. So there's a, a really interesting point. So I was, there's a, a, a philosopher called uh, Rawls, John Rawls, and he basically talks about um, the... the veil of ignorance and he basically says that the, how the world should be right it should be that everyone should have as wherever you're born in the world you should have equal opportunities for everything so even if you're born in sub-saharan africa compared to if you're in california clearly that's not the case at the moment it's we're way off that mm. essentially that says that it, the, the kind of end point where we should, be, we should get to is essentially everyone wherever you are born in the world essentially should have the similar opportunities similar you know education similar health but yeah, we're, we're way off that at the moment. And well, capital comes down to it. It's it's it's, um, it's kind of a double-edged sword of the capitalist model that we're living in. It's a, it's essentially. I'm reading a book called uh, by uh, Minsky, he, who he talks about yeah, um, the the crash, the 2008 crash, and he essentially says that capital, capitalism, the system we work, it's got many great benefits as we know, but it actually does have some massive downsides. Which one of the downsides is massive inequality, which it, it's it's a uh, yeah how do we solve that <laughs> i don't i don't know but uh yeah what are your thoughts yeah so we get this question a lot which is the fact that well shouldn't we try and work towards a society where there are no unfair advantages yeah to a more equal society and the answer is yeah absolutely we yeah. should um we should really like uh what i loved is bill gates he wrote a letter in at the end of 2019 yeah. as a review of the year and he spoke in that letter about, and you can find it online um, if you just search for Bill Gates 2019 letter or something like that, yeah. new, new Year letter, something along those lines. It happened just uh, at the end of 2019. Yeah. He speaks about how lucky he was. Yeah. He says, I'm very privileged um, and I think that taxation should be fairer yeah. to be able to distribute that, that privilege. Bill Gates is an interesting one because there's a book... I'm, I'm a super book nerd, in case you hadn't noticed. But it's called, um, it is actually success. It's called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And they use um, uh, Bill Gates as an example. And he was saying that one of the, his unfair advantages was he was he lived right next to one of the massive universities that were just introducing a computer program. He used to go there at night and he, he used to you know, practice. And that's how essentially he got, they talk about 10,000 hour rule, where essentially you become an expert 
by doing 10,000 hours of deliberate practice. Yeah. Yeah. And he became, so if he wasn't living in this particular location, he wouldn't have been able to start up the company that he did. I'm so, I'm so glad you mentioned Outliers because our book often gets um, compared to Outliers okay. and saying, oh, it's like Outliers, um, except with a more practical side to it. Yeah. Outliers is more of uh, just reporting and amazing stories, and I, I really love that book and love Gladwell. Um, but what we've, uh, and I think it was more of a case of convergent evolution because I don't, and we didn't have uh, that book in mind, but yeah. there are some, because he does, he talks about the relative age effect. Yeah. If you're born towards the end of the academic year yeah, versus the beginning of it. This is a very interesting unfair advantage. We, we mentioned um, Malcolm Gladwell in the book for that. Um, yes. So just for the listeners, so this is, he did a study on hockey players and which, where they were born in the year. So if you were born in the start of the academic year, so September, October, November, you're more likely to be bigger physically than a person starting in, say, uh, August. So then it's kind of it's the way it works that because he's bigger as an ice hockey player, they're more likely to you know, get selected than they get into, they, they're more likely to get into an environment where they're, uh, you know, more, more successful and it's kind of a f- fulfilling, self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a positive feedback loop. Yes. Exactly. So what we talk about is in the sense of how unfair advantages can be stacked one on top of the other okay. and it can be accelerated yeah. and it, what happens is it's, it's got this kind of exponential effect yeah. because if you're getting all these advantages from a young age, it could really put you in an amazing position later down the line. Imagine having a, an amazing education. Imagine being able to speak fluent English. Yeah. Imagine um, understanding how money works and how credit works and how business and industry works just from your parents, from your school, yeah. and the confidence you can get instilled in. Yeah. Uh, for we example, talk about the money yeah. in the next episode. We, if, um, and we can talk more into that. But for now, that's amazing. So yeah. thank you so much uh, for joining us in this episode, Hassan. Have you got, before before we finish up, have you got any quotes or anything that you want to um, cover before? Is there any, or any books you'd recommend? We've covered quite a few today, so I don't know if you've got any. Uh, for, for me, especially I'm thinking about money and mind, um, you know, different uh, ways of looking at money and making money. Yeah. For me, one of the most, I don't know if you've read this book, it's called The Millionaire Fast Lane. Ah, I love it, yeah. From yeah. Jay DeMarco. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I love that it's, book. So that book, I read that book in 2012, I think. Yeah. Uh, when I first started my entrepreneur, just before I started my entrepreneurial journey, actually. And it just opened up my eyes to this idea of this slow lane and the fast lane. Yeah. Essentially, what he teaches is that all these um, finance gurus are teaching you to stop buying lattes and pinch yeah. your pennies, whereas they're making their money by using leveraged ways of of of, of making money quickly. Yeah. So they're teaching everybody how to get rich when you're 65, whereas they're becoming rich early. And they're not become rich by scrimping and saving. They've become rich by making more money, essentially. So I really recommend The Millionaire Fast Lane. There's a lot of books I can recommend, but yeah. I'll, let's just focus on that one. And, yeah, uh, yeah, That's, yeah it's there. a great book. He's actually got a second book called Unscripted, which is quite, it's quite controversial, actually, but I really yeah. like it. It's, uh, so we've covered other books. We've covered The Unfair Advantage. Yeah. We've covered um, Malcolm uh, Gladwell's uh, success. Yeah, we've covered a number, number of books. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Harry. Um, this Neil. has been Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruit, you need the roots. Please like, please subscribe, and please tell one person about this podcast thank you so much